So, hello and welcome to episode 12 of Salopcast. It's our third podcast of the week, isn't it? With myself, Glenn Price and Ollie. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's uh, strange to be back so soon, isn't it? I mean, obviously there's a lot going on down the meadow at the moment and uh, I'm just we're going to basically try and reflect on the main things, which is obviously the change of manager and obviously the Bradford game yesterday, which was sort of been a bit of a byproduct of the week that's gone on. So, um, yeah, not so much to get into. We'll try and keep this one short because obviously we've given you a lot of content this week. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to have a chat about this Bradford game particularly, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, no, it is. And it's um, I think it's also interesting. And, um, yeah, we were really pleased with some of the comments we got from doing the extra podcast we did in the week. And we had um, a really good amount of people that listened. So that, that was quite good. And, um, yeah, um, it was nice to get that feedback. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, it's good. I mean, obviously, it's not going to happen all the time where we've got such uh, breaking news type things happening straight away. So, yeah, we want to be re- sort of reflecting the main news that happens at Shrewsbury Town. So, yeah, we're glad that was so well received. So, I think um, we'll go straight into this Bradford game now and I'll, I can uh, give you my thoughts on Ali because obviously I was there. So, uh, we'll crack on. What a story at Gay Meadow. Kevin Ratcliffe getting victory against his old team. Nigel Jemson scoring both the goals. A player who has flitted around the scene, often brightening places, but perhaps never quite justifying the talent that he had. But this has been his day. So, one game since we did the last pod. Um, it was a game on Saturday. Um, Shrewsbury lost 2-0 um, away at Bradford City. Um, a goal in the 21st minute by law and a, a penalty um, in extra time um, saw Bradford win 2-0. Um, Shrewsbury um, made um, a couple of changes to the team um, and a slight tweak in the formation. We were playing wing-backs again, so we had Grimmer and... Uh, sorry, we had Riley and, and Brown on the wings. Um, we had um, Elhab, Lancashire and Grimmer at the back three with a go-go and black protecting the, the defence with O'Brien and a bit of a free roll with Tony and, Wa- and Waring starting up front the first time those two had played up front together. So mm. I didn't go to this game. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great to kind of like, what, what was your thoughts on, on the game, Glenn? Yeah, well, I think probably the first place to start was um, a couple of things really pre-match. The first was, God, I, I didn't realise that, I, I know Bradford are a big club and that they get a lot of fans, but Christ, it's a bit of a pain in the ass getting into the game there. I had to park about a mile away and walk miles in there, and I think it's my fault for getting there a bit late. So you could tell that, you know, walking in there that Bradford are flying. The atmosphere was absolutely buzzing around the stadium. You know, you don't tend to get that too many times with a massive crowd at League One, do you? And um, their fans were all absolutely, you know, looking forward to the game and a bit of banter with their fans outside the ground, which was quite nice. So we got in there and then you've just read the team news out I thought the, the most interesting thing and town fans were sort of sort of encouraged about really was seeing um, Waring starting which was you know interesting that he didn't really get a sniff with Mellon and then as soon as Mellon's gone where he's getting a start so you know what did you think of that Ollie you know, throwing that one back to you that he, he'd got in straight away obviously Danny Coyne must must have seen something over the last few months yeah no I think it was encouraging um, the, I think when he played he, he seems like a decent player um, I did listen to the game on Shropshire Radio and they were commenting about how he was gone on loan and done well so yeah I don't think he'd really had a, a fair crack of the whip um, so yeah it was good to see him and Tony up front to um, players with potential um, both from bigger clubs and no I was, I was pleased to see what we went for t- for two strikers and, and for those two players in particular Yeah something something we've been calling for quite a while isn't it well me particularly saying I'd like to see two strikers starting up front and I, I do honestly think that you know maybe not first half we'll come into the details of the game but particularly second half and 
first half they did their jobs well enough, but second half particularly played well. They they looked like a pair, and they looked like they played off each other a little bit, and sort of that exuberance of youth type thing. So that that was that was a positive thing. But yeah, I mean, do you want to start going into the game? Because the first half was I got to say the first half was awful again. <laughs> There's no way of sugarcoating it. Yeah. So how how did how did we get on England? Was it was it did it feel like it was a Mickey Mellon side? Obviously he didn't leave. Um, he only obviously left in the week, but. Um, was it just the same same as same as normal it it felt like a mickey mellon um uh what's the word sort of um uh, i don't know set up uh, and sort of mental attitude it was it was very defensive like you described you know grimmer and and um uh, brown as sort of the wing wingers a minute ago oh you said on the wing they're firmly wing backs with an emphasis on the word back yeah. um we we were essentially started the game with seven at the back cuz cuz not only did the wing backs stay deep but flipping heck Ian Black was he could have been playing central defence some of the time Ian Black and we just we did not get out um and the, and the game went on, so you know they scored after what was it something like twenty minutes, didn't they? And in that first twenty minutes, they had all the ball. They absolutely passed it round us, similar to a few teams have done this season. We couldn't really get near them. When we did, we sort of tried to get it forward as much as we could and get it to Tony or Waring's feet or their heads, and they were sort of feeding off scraps. But it was just deep negative. And then, funnily enough, you know, and, and there's not much to say for that first twenty minutes because you know they just had ta- chance after chance. Really, I think they could have been two up by the point that they scored. Um, but the funny thing about the goal was we obviously had a free kick on the edge of the area, which was one of the more attacking moments we'd had in the old first half. And God, the, the goal that from that point onwards it just went horrifically bad. I, I remember saying to someone who was sitting by me at the game that from the free kick we had, there was just a, a, a litany of errors. Obviously, Tony hit a bad free kick straight into the wall, bounced back. Black missed a challenge just on sort of the halfway sort of between their goal and halfway line. Then Al Abden and um, Riley ran into each other and they got in and then Riley sort of won it back, put a poor clearance out and that went straight back to him and they sort of ran in. Al Abd completely sold himself, got beaten too easily and there was obviously a, a first shot that got blocked and the second shot popped home. And it was just watching it, you thought... Oh, you, you know, that's not an individual error. That was a catalogue of errors for the goal. I know you've seen the highlights, Ollie, but it didn't look great, did it? No, it didn't look great. And on the highlights, they only really showed the um, the, the goal that we conceded from where Riley made the mistake and basically just passed it to their, their opposition. No. And so you can see when we got Waring and Tony up front, you think he'd just take a few seconds. And he just rushed. So he rushes, and we've got two big lads up front. You, th- you know, there's a bit more of a target there. You'd think he'd take a few seconds, but he clearly rushed. And yeah, it was. V- I, I wrote down the word sloppy. It was very poor, wasn't mm. it? Mm, yeah, it was. It, but they'd been. I say they'd been. They'd been in. <laughs> there'd been some mistakes before the highlights started. So it maybe made town look a little bit better than we were. Because it was. You know, how can you go from bloody having an attacking free kick in a really good position that you know Tony should have done much better with to just conceding within about ten thirty seconds. So it wasn't too good. Talking of Tony and free kicks, he had another one in a very similar position in the second half, and he completely wasted that as well. And then by the time we had the third one, <laughs> the rest of the players congregated around and sent him packing because he wasn't very good at free kicks. God knows why he stands over him so confidently because he. he both of them into the wall and they both look pretty rubbish so I didn't, I'm not sure he'll be on free kicks next week but yeah so they scored and then you know that was it from then on I think I think I tweeted something just after that on along the lines of we are going to get absolutely hammered here if we don't start playing better um, and then they had a really good chance where Grimmer cleared off the line after Alab got beaten again um, and frankly that's the way the first half went we didn't we didn't really get in it didn't create a chance as far as I was concerned and it was just more of the same really more of the, more of the same that we've been seeing for the last few weeks yeah, that sounds frustrating yeah it was it was and that's why it needed needed something at half time um, and as I say to be fair to Danny Coyne 
what's he got to work with? You know, he's only got to work with the same players at the moment, and they've got the same sort of defensive attitude that's been drilled into him for weeks. You know, Mickey Mellon was our manager at the start of the week, so it's not like he's going to, you know, change their attitude and change their outlook on life so far. So, you know, you can't really blame him. But to be fair to Danny Coyne, he made a, he made a change at half time. You could see it clearly wasn't working, which is I doubt Mellon would have made that sub. Let's be honest. So, um, yeah, he brought on uh, Saravich for O'Brien, and I, I will reserve special praise for O'Brien. He was really bad in the first half he, he he passed out of play a few times he lost the ball he just considering he's playing in that number 10 role Ollie, he didn't affect the game at all it just passed him by maybe a couple of neat touches on the edge of the box but that was about it was that because Shrewsbury were just defending and we obviously we've only we've got BR Fett to be playing with seven defenders um, was that because of that or was it um, he was just he was just having a poor game as well I think the game bypassed him a little bit maybe because of that but you also want your number 10 in that position you know the position he was playing to actually be that link between the defensive minded team and the players going forward and he, he wasn't that link at all and when he did get the ball maybe maybe from frustration he maybe overplayed things or rushed a little bit because he wasn't seeing too much of the ball but I just you know I, I'll say it again I remain completely unconvinced by him and with his pedigree I think that's one of the problems isn't it we all thought he came in with a good pedigree and it, we're going to kind of judge him against that aren't we that he was a standard league one player at the moment he's not he isn't performing like it um, and considering he's you know supposed to be our vice captain as well it does, does make you worried doesn't it so first half yeah not good and we could have said that about a few players, to be fair. Yeah, no, so, no, so yeah. So we went into the second half. Was the second half given anyone any um, confidence going forward? Or yeah, I think you could. I think you would look at the second half as a, as a much improved performance, Ollie. Um, Saravich coming on, you know, he probably had his best half for Shrewsbury. I think that's a fair thing to say. He was more attack minded. He was getting forward. He was actually. He was actually getting forward the front two. Um, was he playing in the same role as O'Brien? Or was he sitting a bit deeper? No, he was. He was pretty much playing pretty far forward. To be honest okay. with you, um, yeah, they were, they played pretty similar. But he just seemed to be more confident on the ball, and his touch was a bit more um, regular. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't losing the ball quite as much, and his passing was a bit crisper. So, yeah, you know, maybe you can see the new managers coming in, and he saw that as a chance to impress. You know, and fair enough. So it, he he did quite well to be fair, Saravich, when he came on, and also second half, Tony and Waring looked like they. I don't know whether they had a rocket or not, but I think they just were probably annoyed with their not seeing enough of the ball in the first half. And they played like they played pretty beastly, to be honest with you. Second half, Tony and Waring as a pair, they were physical. Um, I think we can come on to talk about Waring now. Maybe I don't, you know, you've not really seen him play, yet, have you? So yeah, I saw him play at Charlton and a few other yeah sub appearances, but yeah, he hasn't he hasn't had many opportunities, has he? So yeah, yeah, he, he definitely took it well. I mean, the first half, say, he didn't see much of the ball, but when he did, he got it neatly down and he moved it on. Simple, big, tall striker-like work you know second half he really gave the defenders a bit of a torrid time and to, to be fair to MKP it was mo- marking for most of the place it, mar- it was really good to be fair to him um, like Percival but he, he gave him a torrid time and he, he never let him breathe and, and he was strong and he did a couple of nice layoffs and, and he, he you know he didn't really have one of those you know glorious chances you would have wanted to see because I, I felt the way he was playing with quite a lot of confidence he probably would have took it so it was a bit of a shame but I'm impressed I was impressed with the front two and I was impressed with those two in the second half particularly as well so um yeah they they did pretty well um and obviously we had some good chances you saw the highlights Ollie which are the, the sort of chances we had to, stood out to you yeah there was that and um, there's that war and warring chance right at the end which was just snipped past the post um, oh yeah there was yeah, yeah so that was quite a decent effort and um, in the highlights you could see that yeah Tony and Warring were working together there was a few times where they clipped the ball up and there were yeah Tony's clearly got he's quite good he's got good feet hasn't he he's got good control and yeah there's a few times where he tried to get into the game which is quite encouraging um, on the on Shropshire Radio they were saying that um, Bradford were quite poor in the second half um, mm. I don't know whether that's just a natural um, thing they were playing against Shrewsbury we were pretty 
poor in the first half. They kind of just sat back a bit. But yeah, it was quite funny actually. There was quite a bit of a contradiction. I'd um, <laughs> I, I listened to the game sitting outside a staple shop <laughs> as my girlfriend went in. So that was a joy. You and your girlfriend have a, a, have a, a great lifestyle. Life, don't you? <laughs> I know it's amazing. Um, so that was yeah. So I was listening to the game in the car park, and then we came back and I was watching <laughs> Sky Sports News and having the Shropshire radio on, and they actually had a guy in the studio doing the Bradford Shrewsbury game. And mm. um, it was really funny. I had Shropshire Radio on and then Sky muted. But when he came in, I kind of turned the, turned the volume back on. And he was saying in the second half that, that Bradford were playing amazing. And then about five seconds later, Shropshire Radio was saying that um, Bradford were playing appalling. I wasn't sure who, who, who to quite to believe. So who would you say? Would you, what was your, what's your view on that? They, they didn't. They weren't quite at the intensity of the first half, but they didn't play poorly. They, stu- they, still, they still did their sort of... Um, did their work neatly? I think we just maybe there was that thing that they were completely expected to beat a Mandulus Shrewsbury Town who were sort of being cut adrift at the bottom, and and only getting one in the first half having played so well probably got them a bit more worried than they needed to be. Does that make sense? And you know they were starting to think that they weren't going to get that second goal and completely dominate the game, but um maybe that was played a part in it. But I would say you know we'll talk about a few other things that went on, but I would say as the game went on they readjusted, and, and to be honest, in the last ten minutes, um no, we had a couple of snatch chances, but in terms of the overall game and how it was flowing. Bradford were completely back on top in the last 10 minutes and if you look at the highlights they had sort of two three good chances in the last 10 minutes that they should have scored from so they did wrestle control back to us but there was definitely a good half an hour there where we were impressive and pushing for a goal and and obviously the the best chance I suppose in terms of in terms of ones that was close was um we had a came from a long sort of a long ball really which is a bit ironic um yeah sort of Lutz long kick um, flicked on by Tony and, and Saravic uh, sort of volleyed it just over and it was just over we were sort of right in line with it as off the side of it um, it was down where the Shrewsbury fans were sitting and it was a really nice crisp hit wasn't it you, you saw that one yeah no it was it was um, it was it was a it was a close effort and yeah it was um, frustrating um, what was your view on the um, potential penalty Yes, well, I was going to say, other than that chance, the best chance we should have had was from the penalty. Now, I haven't watched the highlights back yet, so and then, well, I only watched the YouTube highlights back quickly, and they didn't show them on that because, you know, controversial moments and all that. But there, the town players were utterly convinced it was a penalty, so you've probably seen it again since then. I mean, it was when I was watching it live, because things can go quite quick when you're watching it live, especially when, you know, there's sort of six or seven players all in the box, sort of milling around. At first, I thought it was because Waring had been fouled, but then apparently it wasn't. It was sort of, there was a flick, and, and then it was actually handball, wasn't it? So, the town players were convinced it was and from everything I've read afterwards it should have been a penalty shouldn't it yeah I don't disagree yeah. with you there yeah I think I think it definitely touched his hand so yeah, yeah it did touch his hand but I think he was so close to um, the ball was so you know it was a deflection then it knocked on him I think the ball I think it was the ball went to his hand rather than he he was in a, a deliberate ball to hand yeah I think it was ball to hand I think yeah, he was okay. unlucky um, rather than um yeah, that's my that was my summary of watching it. I well, felt a bit, a bit frustrated, but yeah, it was. Um, I think I, I don't think it. I think it would have been a bit harsh on Brad. You seen him given though, Ollie? Yeah, you do, and that's the thing, isn't it? Where it's frustrating. And um, talking of um, refereeing today, I watched some of the um, Oxford Wimbledon game, and everyone's favourite referee, Darren Redhead, was on TV. Oh, right. And um, yeah, I think it's just one of the things isn't about League One football is there's a lot of inconsistency. Yeah, I did. I mean, the funny about the penalty was I'm pretty sure their manager came out, Stuart McCord, afterwards saying that they got lucky with that. So, you know, everyone sees these things slightly differently. Yeah, don't they? No, doubt, no doubt the town players think we were absolutely robbed and, you know, whoever it, and it was probably like, nah, I couldn't have done anything about that. So, um, 
Yeah, there we go. It, other observations from the game, Ollie. Look, Weiler, he, he's worrying me at the moment. His kicking was not great at all, and he was a bit sloppy with a couple of balls to him that he sort of won, you know, a bit punchy again, and a couple of ones where he sort of went to hold it and spilt it. And I, I get the feeling with Look, Weiler, I, I rate him really well. I would not even be thinking about dropping him, but I think having played behind a defence for so long. Um, I can't remember if you said this last week or not, but anyway, for, maybe you did, but it's just stuck with me, is that, you know, having played behind defence for so long that have been so poor and conceding so many goals, I think it's, it's starting to affect his confidence a little bit now, which is not great, because he's the one we've been relying on to save us a lot of the time, isn't he? Yeah, no, he has. His kicking has never been the best, has it? Um, it's probably oh. one of his weaknesses of his areas and possibly one of the reasons why a, a higher level club hasn't taken him. But as a shot stopper, and yeah, reducing the amount of goals we concede, um, yeah, we can't fault him, and he's um, up there with one of, I'd say, with our favourite of the fans' favourite player at the moment, you know, in terms of in the squad, him and Brown, and probably the the fans' favourites in terms of mm. yeah, been here for a while, and he's yeah, he's he's a, he's a consistent performer. He is. I was reading a blog actually, one of the, one of the, I forget what the lad's name was now. He, he's done some stuff for us before in the fanzine, but um, uh, he writes a Shrewsbury Town blog and. Uh, he was sort of saying, well, you know, he's trying to do a best of the 2000s team, you know, since 2000. And for keepers, you'd struggle to not name Lutweiler in a best team since the 2000s, wouldn't you, if that makes sense? Yeah. So it does show that he's, you know, been one of our better keepers that we've had in that period of time. So, yeah, I like Lutweiler. Anyway, I, I could, I've got to be fair, though. He was pretty poor at times yesterday. So um, it's it's worth mentioning, but hopefully it doesn't continue. Yeah, <laughs> and talking of poor... Um... There was a few more yellow cards. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Four more. Yeah, Grimmer, Agogo, Black and Tony. Black was riding the line of another red card, I have to say. He, he got involved in a bit, few bits and pieces after he got booked, because he got booked pretty early, if I remember rightly. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, so he, he was riding the line. Tony again. I, I got, Tony I liked, and him wearing playing up front were good, and, and he got booked. Another silly rash challenge, and they're just racking them up, but... I added to that as well with the indiscipline thing. Tony has got to stop diving. I briefly mentioned it the other week, but sadly it was a bit worse, if anything. And they, the Bradford fans really picked up on it and were booing him quite a lot. Um, and, he, and he does he does go down a little bit too theatrically. And I wish he would cut out of his game. I hate it. I really hate it. But yeah, there we go. Modern football. Yeah, there was something actually else on a kind of modern football note. There was a time when um, I was attacking the second half and Black got um, fouled and he was asking the referee to book the opposition player. Oh, yeah. Should technically have booked himself yeah, now, Ollie. Exactly. Remember? Yeah, So um, Doesn't happen, though. Yeah, so that was a bit frustrating. But I looked at, um, obviously, last, um, in the last full pod we did and um, we looked at our disciplinary record. I looked at it again just to check if we still retain that top spot. Um, we oh, do. It's the only thing we're going to win this year, Ollie. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and and um, when I was doing, I was went on to the went on to the ESPN website again. But I entered going up on the players section instead of the team one. And um, of the um, top five dirtiest players in the league, um, Tony Deegan and Al Harbour are proudly in the top five. Oh, brilliant! We're going to get promotion. <laughs> and I think, yeah, as we said in the last part, it's just kind of a, it's um it's a consequence, isn't it? It's a it's an output of being really poor defending games every game being under the cush um, yeah a few of those bookings were like that on Saturday as well where we were sort of chasing back and just trying to make a, a late tackle I suppose the most remarkable thing about Saturday's uh, disciplinary record is that Al Ab didn't get booked so there you go things are looking up for him aren't they he managed to avoid a booking so yeah, there we go and I guess just talking of um, statistics a little bit as well as I was just saw that we only had one shot on target nope. yeah yeah that's Pretty not good. No, so um, I think I mean a couple of them were close. Riley had a good chance near the end. I don't know if you saw that header, um, nice little dinked cross in. I can't remember who did it now. And he he got up and generated quite a lot of power, and it just went wide of the post. And I think it was yeah, it was still one one then. So 
you know, we could have, we could have nicked a point. You know, uh, you know, it, it was only one chance though. But yeah, not. I can't even remember what the one shot on target was, Ollie. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I know I was there and I, I watched the game. But Tony it, maybe from long range. Uh, in the yes, first half. just you were completely right. He just, but he was a long way out, and yeah, it was, was straight at the keeper. The keeper just palmed it down. Yeah, I remember that one now. It's funny, isn't it, when you're at a game? Yeah, it's, like it's, a, it's a day and a half later. Yeah, even when we've, even when I've been to the game, um, it's funny. Um, watching the highlights back, um, you kind of forget things, or yeah, you kind of. You just have a little bit of um, little bit of um, bit of context, kind of that. Yeah, you can get distracted. Mm. You know, talking to someone, or yeah, you can get quite. You know, especially for our home games, I've been finding myself getting very, very frustrated. Maybe like over the top of frustrated because it's been so crap. Mm. Um, but yeah, watch your highlights back again. You kind of forget a few of the um, bright moments that we did have. So yeah, it's always interesting yeah. watching back. Yeah, you got shoes wheeled, haven't you? So yeah. you always watch back the extended highlights, yeah. whereas I just go onto YouTube and watch back the the slightly highlights. And whenever you watch the YouTube highlights back this season, it's like literally nothing from Shrewsbury because we've hardly ever any chances to do anything, do we? So yeah. um, yeah, it's quite interesting that. But um. Yes, so that was it really. They they sort of saw the game out, and obviously there was right at the end we gave away another penalty. Uh, I, it was quite funny. I think because um, it was down the other end from where the Shrewsbury fans were. Obviously Sadler had come on for um, Brown, who's been injured, which is going to be a bit of a bugger going forward. But um, although he was pretty rubbish against Brown, I have to say he didn't impress anyone. But yeah, Sadler came on, so everyone assumed it was Sadler giving the penalty away because you know what his record was like last year, yeah. just giving penalties away week after week. But I think it was actually Sarsovic. Yeah, wasn't I think it, it was Sarsovic, but actually BBC yeah. Shropshire also said it was Sadler as well. Um, oh, right. Maybe they just made an assumption. Someone was a bit slow. <laughs> Someone's a bit slow to react. Sorry, Sadler, but yeah, yeah it's it's harsh but kind of true. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens actually with Sadler. Um, I was thinking about this earlier in the week. If yeah. we have a bit of a clear out, maybe he would be one of the players that a new manager would would say, "I think your time's up, mate." But anyway, let's not go on to that. But um, well, like, yes, you're probably yeah. right. But unfortunately, at the moment, he is the only cover we have got for Brown. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Brown is injured again, so hopefully for not too long. But he, he I think, actually, yeah, they said he was. Um, sorry, Brown wasn't injured. I, I was. He looked like he'd gone off injured when up to, to the games to the fans there on Saturday. But I was listening, and apparently he was sick. So okay. hopefully that'll just keep him out for yeah, a week, you know, and he'll be back for Saturday because no one really likes Sadler. And <laughs> harsh as it is, there we go. Um, so yeah, penalty was fair enough. It was a bit clumsy more than anything, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a rat. It was a wasn't a bad tackle. It was just a sort of it was a bit of a Shrewsbury penalty concede, wasn't it? Really, just... yeah, especially in the in the last minute. And I was I had the kids, so I was, all, I was sort of halfway down the stairs, heading out then, and I was like, well, there we go. So I had sort of turned me back as soon as the whistle went. I was down the stairs and out the ground ten seconds later. So yeah, that was it. We went so. I think the only other real thing, just to reflect, because we do do it when we're at the games, is what the crowd were like. And I would say that the negativity from the crowd, it's a bit of an interesting one. In that first half, because of how bad it was and going up to half-time, they didn't get booed off because what's really the point of booing them off in that situation yeah. anymore? You know, we we know the manager's gone. We know that this is a team that... Are, we can't really say a team in transition because we're not going to get any new players in, but it's a team that are now waiting. You know, they're in the sort of departures lounge for the next manager yeah. coming in and, the, and to the, see where it's going to go. They're so. leadership, aren't they? Yes, they're certainly lacking leadership. And so they didn't get booed off, but there was that still depressed kind of feeling in the stands. But to be fair, as they got better in the second half, the crowd did get back in and you started to hear town fans for the first time um, right up until sort of we we drifted back out of it 10 minutes and then they didn't get booed off. Everyone just sort of give them a clap and and that was that. So fair enough, I suppose, you know, that at least it took away that negativity of the booing. And then they did have a, a good 30, 35 minute spell in the game. But again, we've been saying that in quite a lot of games this season. You know, we've never played consistently well for 90 minutes and now we're struggling to play consistently well for 45 minutes. But to be fair to Bradford, I would say this, you know, we don't all say this about every team we played, but Bradford, would they look good, mate. They look sharp. They look like they're going to be going places this season. So I, I'd 
you know, I would definitely be thinking they are going to be challenging. You know, I know they're already at the top, but they look like a team that are destined to be going for promotion. So, you know, there's that to factor into it as well, yeah. I guess. No, so, yeah, I think they are going to be one of the teams that, and it's one of the teams that we've both said that would be probably challenging near the top of the table in our, in our summer pods. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, it sounds interesting. So just before we kind of go on, you give you share your top three. Um, how how yep. was Night First Falls' reaction? What, sorry, what, what kind of response did he get from the Shrewsy fans and how did he play? No reaction for the Shrewsy fans, as far as I can make out. There wasn't any chanting for him. Uh, everyone just sort of, you know, the few people I did talk to, because I obviously talked to quite a few people at the game, but um, the few people I did talk to were like, he's still good, isn't he? And, you know, that was it, really. He, it, I didn't really notice him clap the Shrewsy fans. He probably did, but yeah. um, I, I got in there about half an hour before kick-off, and I say I left on the final whistle, so it might have happened before or it might have happened after that. I can't say, to be honest with you, but... It did make you watch how comfortable he was and how easy defending was for them at times, and just think, oh, what he is, a, you know, he would walk back into yeah, our imagine team. If let's be honest. Put, imagine if you put back into our side um, Woods, Connor, and Knight Percival. It'd be a different yeah. team, wouldn't it? But, um, yeah, but, it's a bit of a harsh comparison, isn't it? Because they're all good players. Yeah. But Knight Percival, someone I just don't think a fourth, fourth right football club who offer slightly longer contracts for players who are clearly class. Would would have lost. We would we'd no reason to lose him to Bradford, I guess. You know, but there we go. That's money talks, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's a big part of it. But we ain't gonna ever pay that money, are we? So yeah. that's fine. The only other two sort of things of note from being at the ground was <laughs> one or two minutes into the game. The f- <laughs> the funniest thing I think this season happened is one bloke who was standing in front of all the Shrewsbury Town chanters who were, who were basically at that point in time chanting Danny Coyne's Barmy Army. Fair enough. Get him a bit of support at the start of the game. One guy turned around and went quiet and just stood up and looked at everyone really aggressively and went, Mickey Mellon's Palmy Army, and thinking why some people might join in. No one joined in, and people were just going, What's this guy on? <laughs> he's, he's, he's gone, mate. I don't think you've, you've sort of heard the news this week. So that was, I honestly thought that was hilarious at the time. I've got an the idea who was, that might have been based oh. on some of the um, Facebook messages, but I won't <laughs> say who it is. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a few. But um, the other thing was that Bradford Stewards were a bit of a joke. So obviously, we go to these games, and I take photos most weeks of the match and put them on Twitter and say you know this is where we are don't tend to do it during the game because I know you're not really yeah. supposed to but there was a guy who, took, who came in a bit late took and he was sitting right in front of me like three rows in front took a photo just as he came in to get a photo of the, of the ground obviously to sort of maybe say to his well, I don't know, send it to his wife or something or just keep it a personal thing that he was going to do anything commercial with it Bradford's stewards were apparently on the case of sort of ten ten more more Shrewsbury Town fans for taking photos during parts of the game and whether it was just selfies or whatever and they were bringing rules around and it got all heated with a few people and it was just a bit they were very very like little I'm going to say you know little Hitler type people that's what my dad would always say but um, they were really like officious stewards and it just that's when you pay 25 quid to go and watch a game of football you know and my kids were a five each, so it wasn't a, wasn't a cheap day out and just to see stewards acting like that you know and again bit of the sort of dark days of all football fans being troublemakers I know it's not quite the same but just makes you feel like you're not in a particularly welcoming place and um, yeah I thought that was a bit poor and I thought Bradford might want to have a th- you know I know they've got to protect their commercial rights but Jesus what no one's really doing anything with these photos are yeah, they that you're just exactly. taking for your own self personal things anyway the funny thing was the guy in front of me had a big argument with one of them and um, he was saying bring me the rules show me the rules so they brought these rules up but unfortunately they brought last season's rules up which gave him plenty of ammunition to <laughs> to have even longer arguments with them so yeah, yeah it was a, a bit of a shambles well, that's happened to me Bradford. before at Bradford has yeah. it oh, there you go yeah then. I was take so um it was a long time ago, um, and I used to, like, I still do it now, don't I? I sometimes take some pictures and I put them on the Facebook group yeah. for those who are not at the games. Um, 
and I um, yeah I took a picture um, pre-game so I, I'm clear I've you know um, with um, Matt Ashton being on the Shrewsbury um, group he is quite good and, you know gives people a bit of insight or kind of helps fans kind of just make sure they look after themselves protect themselves yeah, he knows the rules, yeah he? and you know this is pre-game this was even like players warming up just taking one picture and he started having a go at me saying you can't take pictures blah 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 and I said Okay, I'll put it away, and he stopped. But yeah, it's it's because it's a really. Yeah. And I remember actually on that same day, um, we turned up. I turned up quite early. I'd probably driven there, you know, just on my own or whatever, and got to the game quite early, watching all the players warm up. And they put us in this tiny, tiny, tiny area. And um, I came in and I kind of went took along and went around the side. And the guy goes, "You can't go over there. You can't go over there." And I said, "Why not?" He says, he says "We're putting you in this area." And I said, "So we're bringing at least three hundred, mate." Because no, you won't. No, you won't. And then about. And back, then about 10 minutes later, um, they said, oh, yeah, you can go over there. And all the Shoesy fans started giving them some abuse because it was mm. clear we weren't going to fit in 20 seats. Um, but, yeah, no. it just sounds like I think I've, I, don't know, I, really, I don't really like. I like the fans. Bradford fans are nice and there's pretty decent banter and they're pretty friendly. But, yeah, I'd say actually they're Passionate. one of the worst stewards I've met. Yeah, they're not, not great, are they, to be fair? I would actually say Bradford did this like flag parade before the start of the game, um, which was pretty good, to be fair. So we weren't behind the goal this year. I don't know if that's where you were last time. We'd got moved into the side. Yeah, that's where we so, were when I went a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, OK, there you go. Then So we used to be behind the goal. Yeah, we, we but, um Down the other end where they got their big stand behind the goal, they did like a, a sort of flag parade and there was sort of maybe 300 flags being waved in the north and the south bits of that, that stand. It looked really good pre-match and it does, does make you <laughs> see the difference between our fans and other, yeah. <laughs> let's say, more passionate fans because hard fans towards the end. Honestly, are, are the guys that chant our songs are there on Saturday, fair enough, you know, got it going in times, but for the last 10 minutes they just chanted like one bloke's name who must have been one of the guys that was chanting songs at the end, which didn't really help the atmosphere yeah. at all and, and it just kind of, this whole thing petered out really to be honest with you, but then that's what the game was doing anyway, so fair play to them, they were just probably fed up. So, there we go. I, we said when we lose, lost at Berry, when me and you were there, Ollie, that was a good away day. I would not say my day to, the, the, the part of the day when I was in Bradford was a good away day. It was a bit... <laughs> All, all, all in, depressing because of all the bloody walking I had to do to get back in from the car as well. So, at least my car was there though. I did park it in an area where I suspected my car might not have been there when I left it. So, <laughs> small mercies in Bradford, I suppose. Yeah, there we go. Um, to be fair, I'd had a, I'd had a long day. I took the kids bloody swimming to um, Sheffield in the morning uh, to sort of give them something to do in the day, and then we stayed in I stayed in Halifax last night, uh, and then went to some kids museum in Halifax. Oh, okay. So that was my that was my birthday weekend. Oh, well, I often go up to Halifax um, for I work for um, United Biscuits, but this season. We've got uh, all the Jamaica cakes and that are made Ooh. in Halifax. So yeah, Halifax is quite funny. It's very hilly, isn't it? It is very hilly. It's not, not a bad place. Halifax. Yeah. I've been to the Shea Stadium loads of times. Obviously, when they were back in the league when I first started going. But um, yeah, yeah, my wife had the flu this weekend, so it was just me and the kids. So, so yeah, your top three then. Sorry, you're saying you haven't done your top three. I haven't done my top three. My top three were wearing uh, for his particularly for his second half performance, which was good. And I had black. It's the second time I've given black a second place. Ollie, I've, I've warmed to him this season. Maybe he's gonna have a Terry Dunfield esque <laughs> I hated Terry Dunfield I hated Terry Dunfield when he first started playing for us and then he slowly won me over over the over the corresponding year and then he got pair of the season didn't he just where he left. Um and then third I went for it's a bit of a tricky one third really because it yeah I think I'll probably give it to Tony. Yeah, I'll give it to Tony third. The the rest were sort of in and out of the game as it went on. So yeah, wearing black and Tony my top three this week. Okay, right? cool. So so yeah, another defeat. Unfortunately we did have a good record against Bradford and we'd only lost um two of the last nine games against them. But um oh, wow. yeah, it's um we always seem to have a I remember in the League Two season we went up, I think we won away there three one if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember but, that. But um yeah, yeah, we always have some good results there. But um yeah, couldn't not to be this week, but um yeah, I, uh, I guess um, we are where we are, and I guess um, probably a good time for us to maybe go on to Salad News and kind of maybe talk about 
going forward and any kind of about the um, yeah potential managers. Yeah, yeah, it's got big big issues to talk about there. So we'll move on to that, Ali. Shrewsbury were level by the break. Austin Barkley with the final touch from Lee Steele's fierce cross. So, sound-up news this week. Obviously, uh, <laughs> we called this section sound-up news back at the start when there was lots of news, Ollie, but as weeks go on, <laughs> news becomes less uh, about transfers and more about the, the, the other stuff. So, anyway, it's manager's talk again. We still haven't got a manager. Um, obviously, the bookies have a big say on this sort of thing, don't they, in terms of giving people an idea of what's going on. And it's been quite ov- interesting, hasn't it, Ollie, over the last few days about... Um, it started off with quite a wide field, didn't it, of sort of six or seven managers, all sort of less than 10 to 1. But as time's gone on, lots of managers have all drifted out to sort of 18s and 20s and 30s and 50s to 1. And three names have sort of drifted up to the top of all the bookies' odds. Um, and that's, you know, different ones have got different ones as favourites. But basically, Rob Edwards, Jim Bentley and Kenny Jacket are the three now that are sort of the favourites with all the bookies. So it's probably worth just considering those really, isn't it, Ollie, on the yeah. off chance that one of them is going to end up being our manager. And I know you were just talking to me a minute ago and saying you've been sort of reading up around Rob Edwards. Obviously, I remember him coming here on loan, sort of, um, he played for us, didn't he, for a short period yeah. of time. But And Jim Bentley, obviously, I remember seeing him play against us lots of times and there he started his managerial career. So but what have, what have you learned about Rob Edwards in terms of what he's been doing in terms of coaching so far? Yeah, so um, I, I was looking online just to see what he's been up to and stuff and just in terms of those who don't know him. So he started his career at Villa. Um, mm-hmm. Then he played most of his career at Wolves, played a bit at Blackpool, um, played for Norwich, Barnsley. Um, yeah, and he, like you said, he had four games on loan for Shrewsbury in 2000 and, and 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, mem- I remember I remember him, but uh, he got injured. I, did, I remember that. He got injured, didn't he, and he got sent back from loan, and we had to terminate it. So, yeah, he didn't look particularly rubbish in those two games he played, I didn't think. So yeah, so he, that's all I remember. Yeah, so he retired from professional football at the age of 30, um, and he became um, the Wolverhampton under-18s coach. Okay. Um, and then he... Um, then. He got then got promoted um, this um, last summer um, to first team coach under Kenny Jacket. Ah, so yeah, so yeah, so it sounds like for me, um, you know, he would be a guest taking just that. He's a, a guy who's obviously got his he's played um, professional football, mm. he a decent level. Um, he's coached obviously a fair bit now, so he's obviously progressed through the ranks. And I guess he would be I'd, I'd put him in that bracket of a um, young. Um, up and coming manager, and actually, this is going to. Re- this is. I don't know what you're going to think about this, Glenn, but um, he's he's only um, three months older than me. Yeah, he's 33. I just literally looking at his Wikipedia yeah. page. He's three years younger than me. How can we have a manager that'd be <laughs> three years younger than me, <laughs> Glenn? That makes you. You, you, know, you know when you they always talk, don't they, about when you realise that you're never going to be a professional footballer. You know, you're never going. You're too old, so you have the first times. <laughs> never give it up. Players are younger yeah. than you. But you know what I mean. The people talk about that down the radio and sometimes in that. And now potentially we could have a manager that's younger than you. That surely must make you feel quite old, mate. It was my. It was my. As I mentioned before, it was my birthday on Friday. I'm 36 now, and you know I already feel like I'm on the scrap heap, mate. So that's not going to help my confidence going forward. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> also, also just read he was born in Maidley, so he's Telford. Oh dear, that's not going to go down well, is it? So yeah, if he gets if he gets to be our manager, there's a few interesting things there. It's quite quite interesting. He got promoted to be to work under Kenny Jacket. You know, which is which is going to you know considering you could be in the running for the job as well. So I wonder if whether um, it 
So he's assistant manager at Wolves now, or did he? You know, he's the first team coach. First team coach. So if Jackie yep. got the job here, I doubt he would move and come and join him no, as the assistant, would he? So much money it would make no sense, yeah. would it? So um, yeah. But then in a few time, we might get two Edwards's from Wolves because we're kind of Dave back as well. Then, <laughs> so yeah, we there can, we go. Yeah. Um, so, so that's an interesting one. A local link, isn't there, around these um, around these odds? So then obviously you've got Jim Bentley. Yeah, exactly. Jim uh, Jim Bentley is the next one, isn't he? At least he's four years older than me, so that's a start. <laughs> he's forty, so um. Yeah, he's obviously played for Telford as well, hasn't he? So he's got a bit of a connection to the uh, the dark side as well. But yeah, he seems to be doing quite well with Morecambe, hasn't he? You know, he seems well regarded in football football circles about the job he's been doing there, and obviously did well enough to get another contract extension. So um, yeah, he's been there since 2011. So that's a good time to have been at any football club, isn't it? You know, 200. He's 271 games. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of games. Games, but I just the only thing that would concern me a little bit is he hadn't won money. Well, no, he's won 32 percent of them. Looking at this, but. You know that is Morecambe manager. You'd you'd expect, you'd expect him to. You know, well, Morecambe are not the worst team on the league too. To be fair, no, they're not. They've got a decent little setup there. But yeah, it's that's one thing that kind of, yeah, wasn't so didn't endear me to him so much. Just looking at that. But then statistics and mm. you know doesn't tell you about yeah the financial side of the club or what pressure he's been working under and yeah it doesn't give you the full. Picture, it's interesting it? that um you know you consider Bentley. Uh, you know I consider him quite. I'd still consider that he was quite early into his career, but I didn't, you know, 2011's a long time now. You've sort of, that sort of passed me by a little bit. You know, I thought he'd only been doing it a couple of years, but 271 games is quite a lot of experience to have got. Um, he's al- he's yeah, almost... Yeah, it's as many as some, that's as many as some players play. Well, I was just career. looking. He only played 298 times for Morecambe, uh, and he's already yeah. managed them 271 times. So he's almost got, managed them as many times as he played for them. Fair play, though. He seems like, yeah, but that's a one-man club, isn't it? It's going to have to be something... Going to have to be something good to tempt him away from Morecambe, isn't it? And I reckon we're a better fit for, you know, we're a good fit for any manager. But, you know, we're definitely a step up from Morecambe, aren't we? So, you know, there's that to tempt him away. But he must love the bloody club, to be fair to him. Um, he's a Liverpool lad, isn't he, I guess? So it's not yeah, far he's away. Yeah, he's from Liverpool, yeah. And he would be quite an interesting character as a manager, wouldn't he? You know, he obviously had a lot of histrionics when he was playing, you know, quite a forthright, you know, it wasn't a bully boy, but he liked to wind people up. I remember him playing against us a few times and certainly having to wind up a few of our players. So again, he'd be quite an interesting guy to lead the club, wouldn't he? Yeah, no, he would be quite interesting. And obviously he knows the area, so he might be interested mm. in coming back as yeah. well. And then the third one of those three we're just discussing is obviously, though, you know, Jim Bentley, you know, it's it's almost like there's three different, if you were to, if it was between these three, you know, you've got Rob Edwards, the untrusted, maybe potentially promising young up-and-coming manager. You've got Jim Bentley, the experienced League Two manager now that's got, you know, the experience at a lower level and wants to make a step up. And then the most, the third version, the third person is Kenny Jacket, the very experienced, higher level manager who might come down a, a step to bring someone back up potentially. So you know, it's interesting that the three that are sort of top of the odds are very different types of managers, aren't they? In terms of their their experience, definitely. It's yeah, we didn't really intend to do this way, but it's worked out quite nicely. So you have got yeah, zero managed, zero games managed, about two hundred and seventy games, and then Kenny Jacket, who's um, in his fifties, who's managed um, nearly seven hundred mm-hmm. games. Yeah, and it's got a very nice win percentage if we're talking about some statistics so yeah you, and as I said last week he'd be my favourite choice yeah I'm just looking how old um, he is now <laughs> yeah he's, he's 54 oh, he's fine he's way older he's fine <laughs> yeah he's much older than you guys. oh dear oh dear I, I remember the first time I, I remember you know when I first started sporting football and then like you get that first player that comes through who's younger than you and like amazing already and for me that was Mike Lowen he always was like two two years younger than me and I always think oh bugger you know that's it if these young kids are coming through now maybe we start to feel old so there we go um 
yeah, Kenny Jacket. So I think we talked briefly about Kenny Jacket in our little extra episode we didn't we in terms of his experience and the sort of things he's done and obviously as a manager he's he's won things, hasn't he? He's obviously won Football League trophy with Swansea and uh he won the football you know, got through the playoffs with Millwall, um one league one with Wolverhampton Wanderers and he's had several manager of the years and manager of the month awards. So there's a pedigree there, isn't there? It's it's definitely a very different yeah. thing. Um and obviously was quite un- some some respects quite unlucky to lose his job in the summer, you know, because of everything that went on with Foson at uh, Wolves, you know, buying the buying the club and bringing in some mad foreign manager. I can't remember what his name is now, but um, yeah, so he could have been considered to be quite unlucky to have lost his job, and he must still be local. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. interesting. And I, so obviously, in the last pod, we said who we wanted, um, and I did. I said Kenny at the Tenny Jackie at the time. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, uh, uh, Rob Edwards. I don't know. There's, there's something that something I like Ooh. about giving someone opportunity. Yeah. So not I'm not going to change my decision. I'm going to keep it keep it Kenny Jacket. But Rob Edwards. I don't know. There's something about that. I like. I, I don't know. I remember when um, Martin O'Neill came through the ranks at Wickham, and there's always and they did remember having a really good FA Cup run against the Baggies and being on TV. Mm. Um, and there's something about a young up and coming manager, isn't there? That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, uh, I don't know. What's your opinion? What's your I don't know. To be honest, I mean, this is this is this is the bookies, isn't it? This is what we're basing this discussion on. There could be other managers who've applied that, you know, we don't know anything about, and and you know, it's it's going to be a case of waiting to see what the Shropshire star can snaffle away from Shropshire Shrewsbury Town before they get ready to announce it. So, I'm sure there'll be some stuff in the paper this week about managers pulling out, and obviously that brings us on to who it won't be. It won't be Graham Wesley, yep. who's gone to Newport County. No. It won't be Cottrell. After I said last week, I think it will be, <laughs> and he just literally like. I put at the end of the podcast last week I don't know if you heard to it but as soon as the podcast yeah, I finished I put on Twitter and he pulled himself out of the job so I was like well done Glenn good prediction skills there um, so he's not interested in he's basically ruled himself out and as I say a lot of the other people have um, sort of drifted out like Dave Jones Tony Mowbray 18s to 1 with the bookies so maybe people know something we don't but um, who knows with Roland someone could apply and catch his eye and there we go we could be looking at someone completely different but I think it's just worth considering them considering the, the odds and stuff but um, anything else to say about managers really I don't yeah just just as we did just before we um, just as we went live I posted on Twitter on our, on our, our Twitter account um, at Salopcast what people would want and um, Ian Jones said that he'd like Kenny Jack or Ian Holloway mm-hmm. um, Mark Lynch said he'd like Kenny Jacket, and then um, the sa- the Salad blog um, said Dream Pearson. Yeah, he's just sacked, really, isn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd see Pearson as a dream <laughs> appointment. He's a bit bit of a fiery character and a bit of a some odd press conferences when he was at Leicester. His then his realistic dream was kind of Jacket, so obviously a little bit less. Maybe um, not a Championship manager. Well, he was a Championship manager, but yeah, Pearson's clearly managed in mm. the Premier League. And then he expects Jim Bentley. Yeah, so, it's um, going to be interesting. Yeah, the same same names coming up again. So it's funny you say about the, the Rob Edwards thing and that that interest in you. Of those three, I actually. You know, if we consider that we both would want Kenny Jacket out of those three as a pref- as a preferred option, wouldn't we? Because I just think yep. we both think we need the experience. But of the two other ones, I, I don't know. I thought I I always think Jim Bentley's character might be quite an interesting thing to have as a manager. But there's always that risk that it could go south pretty quickly. So I don't know. It, 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 there's merits in all three of them, but it could as I say it could be bloody Mark Yates could have had this job snitched up for the last year because he's mates with Roland and they they interviewed him last time so we shall see what happens shouldn't we so I think that's all we can yeah, really say on, on managers now so yeah no I agree with that I guess one thing that would be interesting um, is to have manager of kind of a different approach different style we've never really had that kind of um, 
confrontational kind of um, aggressive kind of manager and you never know there might be inter- an interesting um, style to go for a bit of a change maybe yeah we'll, we'll see won't we and uh, I think I'll keep repeating the point now it's in, not in our hands is it we, we no. briefly mentioned in the last episode if anyone was interested what we think about the guys that are picking the managers and the job they've got on their hands and how important it is so um, we don't t- try to sort of labour the point every episode we try and obviously bring some new fresh discussion to the topic so yeah managers we'll, we'll leave that there for now I say there's no, no other sort of people that have come out the woodwork yet and said they want the job so um, I await Robbie Fowler to be announced in the week <laughs> yeah. that'll be that um, so yeah we'll move on now to uh, our predictions because uh, it's starting to get a bit embarrassing uh, as we'll cover in a minute because Ollie's smashing me so on to predictions Terry nods it down that was uh, Lynch I think with a big kick upfield Terry Angus oh, Terry Angus was caught in possession a little bit then this is Griffiths Griffiths going past Richardson still Griffiths and he's scored 2-0. So, um, obviously, the last section of the pod, um, predictions. Um, in the last pod, I made a prediction that we'd lose 2-0 to Bradford. Um, Glenn went for 3-1. Um, unfortunately for Glenn, um, um, I got it right on both counts. Um, You're on fire, Ollie. Yeah, so I've seen to... I decided to say, admit that Shrewsby going to lose and I start picking up points. So, um, yeah, that gives me a, um, a five-point <laughs> lead on you at the moment. So, um, oh. yeah, a lot of pressure on you for the Warsaw game. Is it? It's not decisive yet. Is no, a football there's to a long played. way to go. Long way to go. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Warsaw away. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? Well, because do you want to go first? Yeah, do you want to go first this time? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. But it's a bit of an interesting one because we don't quite know, um, A, who the manager's going to be at this point in time, do we? And, and obviously we don't know... Anything really about what the team might be or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for us to lose because I just think there's going to be a lot going on. So, um, I think we'll probably, and we always lose at Walsall. I'm going to go for us to lose probably a bit more spirited, 2 1. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. Warsaw haven't had aren't having a great season either. They're only um, they're only a few points ahead of us in the only three points ahead of us in the league. Um, I, I'm not sure if we're going to have a manager in place by by this game. Um, but they did win the last game at home mm. um, against Millwall, so um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Warsaw. Yeah, I think that's a good shout, Ollie. Okay, well we'll see if I can claw it back, or you're going to go ahead. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll. I think at least so, at least it's good that you got two right in the last two weeks, and it shows one of us knows what we're talking about. So there we go. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there, Ollie. Um, yeah, it's been a long weekend. So are you <laughs> going to this game next week? Well, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. You said you were. Originally. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I, think. I still can't confirm my attendance or not due to this is my nightmare weekend coming up I obviously talk about being a family man but this is my weekend coming up where I think we've got six children's birthday parties in two Ooh. days which is horrific yeah. and, and that's not to, to belittle any of the families that listen to this party but as anyone with kids will know going to six, uh, six children's parties in, in a few in a few days is, is hard work yeah. so um, I'll have to see if I can get out of some of it <laughs> it looks unlikely Ollie so yes um, but you'll be there yeah, this week I anyway. I, I, I'm pretty conf- yeah I'm pretty confident I'll be going so um, yeah I'll be able to um, um, so I did the kind of bit of presenting this week and kind of um, asking you questions yeah we can, yeah. We can just roll reverse for next week we can exactly and uh, coming up the next few weeks I think we've, we both were talking about it we going to make a fair few of the games coming up but um yep there we go we should have a bit of presence at any game but again if anyone's listening and they want to want to say anything unfortunately because of time constraints stuff i never had time to check the Southcast uh skype account so if you asked us a question this week we'll catch up with those next week and maybe bring them into this podcast next week but yeah. again any questions and, and feedback that you've been giving us on on social media we'll, we'll reflect that as well so keep it coming in it's just been ground stuff and uh yeah thanks for all the listens we're almost up to four thousand total listens in a few weeks we so are, yeah. That's not not bad going. Although, have you seen the Bradford podcast yeah. that's been going for 11 years? Yeah. They get like 
35 to 40,000 listens yeah, a week. Yeah, they do. So. <laughs> and they have, they have, yeah, they've got 13,000 followers and they've, they've tweeted 54,000 times. Wowzers. So, yeah, I think they're, um, they're a little bit ahead of us in their history. From from Little Acorns, Ollie, We've only done two and trees tweets, grow. I think, so to put it in context. <laughs> One day we'll get there. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, theirs is good, though. They record live from the match, don't they? It's really good. Anyway, we're wobbling it, Yeah, maybe we'll listen to it. We did do, didn't we, at the start, when we first started, before we started the pod, we yeah. did some research and what we wanted to do and what we kind of, we agreed some rules and how we wanted to do it. But yeah, yeah. it sounds like they're the, oh, the kings of League One in terms of podcasts. Ex- exciting news in the world of podcasting for anyone listening about um, us trying to get a third voice on. Ah. I now own a third... A a microphone, a proper mic, Ollie. I got it for my birthday off my brother. So we should be able to potentially next week, if all comes good, and I find someone that wants to come and sit in with us, have a chat about it. So hopefully I'll try and find someone that went to the Warsaw game. But um, yeah. yeah, it should be more imminent than we suggested because I said it probably won't get done till after Christmas. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how That's that goes. Exciting. Yeah, um, I had a few messages this week, man. So I'll talk to you offline a couple of guys who oh. are interested. So that will be quite exciting. Good stuff. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, actually, sorry. Just want to, we keep meaning to talk about this, but we never we always forget. And um, we talk about podcasts, don't we? So obviously we're a podcast, and we like listening to podcasts. And there's a few oh, podcasts. Yeah. Just kind of, if everyone else wants to listen to different kind of podcasts, recommend The Guardian do a football weekly podcast, which is covering all kind of football. There's a really yeah. good Spanish podcast by Sidlow. That's really good, worth listening to. And then there's a football podcast, which has hardly anything to do with football at all, called Atletico Mints uh, yeah. with Bob Mortimer. And I know you listen to that one as well, Glenn. Yeah, we both been we we both found that we were listeners of that the other day when we were listening to it, don't we? I say I was recommended it by my brother, uh, who, who like a shout out. So yeah, cheers for that, bro. But it's um it's a football podcast that contains only eight percent football. So make of that what you will. But if you like Bob Mortimer and Vic and Reeves back in the day, then you'll uh, you'll find it hilarious. Yeah, it's um, funny, and they do some stories about yeah, um, Steve McLaren. They kind of like yeah, do some fictitious stories about Steve McLaren and different people. But yeah, definitely worth listening to that. Yeah, I would give you all my other podcast recommendations, Ollie, but they're all a bit weird. I like listening to like um, <laughs> just w- weird like a sort of sci-fi fantasy. No, that's not really true. Actually, it's sort of like there's something called Welcome to Night Vale. Have you ever heard of that? You know, uh, we're wobbling on. Well, check it out. It's like a weird sort of sort of alternative dimension town type thing. It's very strange, but yeah, and stuff to do with wrestling and Lego. <laughs> it's really sad. There we go. This is why I started a podcast so that I could at least have some credibility. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, well, that's 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 a weird end to the week, pod. So but we'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're weird people. Exactly. There we go. Anyway, we shall see you next Sunday, guys. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Thank you. Oh!